Hey everybody, what you're about to hear was originally released about a year ago or so as mini podcast number 26 over on our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com sknet. This one was so fun to record and we put a lot of effort into it that we just figured maybe it'll serve as kind of a sneak preview for all the other mini podcasts that we've done over the past three years. So enjoy it for free. And if you like it, please consider giving back over at patreon.com slash SKNet, where you can get this one in along with, of course, 32, 33 other mini podcasts that we've done over the years. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of our mini podcast. Thanks to all the Patreon subscribers that continue to support the efforts we have going on, and uh, really, honestly, thanks to Azil and Puella for keeping them running. Uh, Azil's always posting new stuff. If you haven't seen it lately, go check it out. Uh, if you're just hearing us in your feed and you're not actively checking the updates, I think Puella's just about to be done with the uh, artwork of Berserk interview with Cantara uh, Mira. Yeah, I mean, most of the way done, but uh, yeah, it should be should be finished before summer. Yeah, it's like one page left, right? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that, and uh, we're gonna post an update uh, tomorrow. Oh, sweet, excellent. Yeah, she's been she's been trying to like pick up the pace and do one a week when mm-hmm. she when she can, when she's got time and stuff. So just because she wants to, like, there's so much to do. Basically, there's so many of his interviews, so many things that uh, yeah, we gotta trying to do it as quickly as we can. Sure. Well, for many podcasts, as you guys know, we kind of just bounce around topics, uh, and it's a little, a little. I try to approach many podcasts less prep, more free flowing. Let's not script everything out. That being said, for this topic, I did want to do a little bit more re- research. Uh, it's a big one, so I wanted to talk about just berserk music in general. You know how they stack up, why, how they are so different, why they are so different. Uh, and how we feel about each of them. So now when I say berserk music, to me, it has a very obvious beginning point, but a not so obvious termination point. The first one is the 97 anime soundtrack by mm. Suzumi Hirazawa. That's the easy one. And But where do you cut that off? Where does berserk music, what's the latest release of the berserk soundtrack? Uh, berserk, because... The last original compositions that were done really were the movies. Uh, and the 2016 series primarily had remixes with some original work by Hirazawa Suzumu, yes. But the actual soundtrack itself was mostly cobbled together from the movies from 2011, 2012. And then the Memorial Edition, which came out last year, that soundtrack is just pretty much the same as the movies. So. Well, yeah, there was some additions, though, and I mean, I, I, I took note of them, at least on my side. Sure. But I mean, it's nothing has really changed substantially in how what I, what I th- think of as the, the berserk sound. There's no yeah. Like, yeah. massive, you know, revisitation of what, what does it mean when we say berserk music? What does that sound like in our heads? Uh, yeah, I think what you're trying to say, I'll try to summarize it, is that there's one name that looms really large over Berserk's music is that Hirazawa Suzumu. Um, because, like, Mura was listening to his music uh, in the 90s when he was drawing. He asked him to do the soundtrack of the 97 anime. And that soundtrack is really, like, very special. And so I feel like it's really, at least for fans of our generation, really attached to Berserk to this day and remains unique. 
Absolutely. No, that that is not where I was going, but I was that was my ultimate destination, certainly. Sorry, um, I took a shortcut. <laughs> yeah, 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 certainly. And I'm glad you provided that background because I kind of forgot about that. That yeah. Miura, when the anime was being produced, you know, he did, you know, hand pick the composer. And that's not something I would say that I've heard of very often. Uh it's it's possible he kind of like argued for it, you know. Uh, to make that happen, otherwise, it's just gonna it's just gonna be picked by the studio, right? The studio is gonna say, "Yeah, this is our man," you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and honestly, like for the, for example, for the movie trilogy OST, I'm pretty sure the studio picked uh, somebody, and Murad didn't have a say. Mm-hmm. My point really was to cover the range of what we're gonna cover in this podcast. It starts at '97, and then I've scripted out things for the movies, and then I want to talk about Ash Crow. So that's the '97 series. The 99 Dreamcast game, the 2004 PS2 game, the 2011 movies, and 2019, I think it is, for Ash Crow, which is kind of a remix compilation of Suzumu's work mm. uh, from just as, you know, the high points, I guess, of those. Anyway, that's what we're covering. I'm not covering the 2016 series, oh. unless you really want to. <laughs> I mean, I took some notes for it, so right. maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give a few comments then. Sure. Okay, so let's start at the beginning then. I would say that of the 97 anime, it was probably one of the things that stuck out to me the most. Even more than the story, the impression I had was that music really sounded very unique for for an anime. And for the visuals on screen, you might have had a certain feeling of what they were. And it was like, it was very memorable. And I feel like it captured a lot of those scenes really well. Even starting with Bahirat, like very evocative of just Berserk in general. Um, the, the standout tracks are Behirit, Guts, Murder, Earth, and Forces to me. Uh, I don't really care for Ball or Ghosts. Some of them are kind of grating <laughs> and repetitive, I guess, is the main problem with some of those. Mm. To really say why these sound, sound unique, it's electronic music, right? Yeah. As opposed to where the series ends up, which is orchestrated music. So they're very different approaches. And, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. One is, you know, one sounds very distinct, you know, and to me, that's the Suzumu side. It's unique. It's kind of strange and weird, but very emotional music. Wow. Whereas as the series progresses, I feel like it gets colder and, and less emotional, a little more neutral sounding to me. Anyway, I've been talking a lot. How do you feel about the 97 series? Does it- well, I'll just bounce off what you said that beyond just electronic versus more classical music... I think execution matters a lot, and I would argue that Hirazawa's is very well executed, and the Shirosagisu stuff uh, less so. But anyway, yeah, yeah. When I first heard it, yeah, I agree that it felt very unique as far as the sound. Some some tracks resonated with me more than others. I wasn't a fan of everything. My favorite is definitely Guts. Uh, definitely, you know, well above anything else. Hmm. I also like the Murder, Fear, Monster trio. Uh, uh, to me, these are really like Murder basically incorporates stuff from the others. They're, they're so close to each other, it's almost just, you know, variation of the same thing to me. And of course, Beherit and Earth. 
Uh, my least favorite is of course ghosts. Um, ball, <laughs> yeah, I, love, I, don't, I love that we make fun of ghosts a lot. Yeah, it's I mean, like it's just it's so my, my fridge. I got a new fridge a few a few months ago, and it makes this weird noise. I don't know mm. why when when it's you know walking to uh, pump up uh, cold and stuff like that. And it sounds I I swear to you, it sounds like parts of ghosts. Uh, it's imagine, crazy. Imagine if that was the Zelda 2 theme, uh, town theme. Instead oh, yeah. Of, uh, well, I mean, that, then I, I might try to commit myself to a, <laughs> a mental institution. Anyway, yeah, ball, I don't even count because it's just, I mean, it's, it's not very good. I'm, I'm not even yeah. sure how it was made. And forces, I put in a different category because it's mm. not really background music. You know, it's more like sure. a title card stuff. I, I do like forces, but it had to grow on me. Um, Oh, interesting. I, yeah, at, at first I was like, you know, it's a bit, it's it's loud. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it's, it's in your face, so it had to grow on me. But I, of course, I, I like forces a lot, and uh, and I mean, you didn't mention them, but there's the uh, intro and outro uh, music. Eh. Tell me why I'm waiting so long. I mean, they're not great. They're not great. Uh, it's just like to me, those were uh, people make a big deal about them. I think the gra- the glasses on, put your glasses on. Yeah. has become like a mantra for people in a certain corner of the Berserk fan base. They're just generic, like, J-pop songs. Just like all anime gets saddled with J-pop songs, probably because of their relationship with the studio they're working with. Like, mm. yeah, here you go. Here's the latest crop of J-pop. Here you go. I think, I mean, I'm beyond the, uh, haha, they don't speak English so well, haha, uh, thing, which is uh, the glasses on kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which is, I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised that it became a thing like in these past 10 years or so, because it's so long after it aired. But I think the, the reason telling me why was a bit um, noticeable at the time is that Pen Pals was like an experimental band. They were doing a lot of experimental music. And so like the track is not not that good. You know, like he he's not playing guitar. Like, I don't know how to say it, but basically it's not, not that great, not singing uh-huh. that great. It's a little so, t- tonally dissonant, a little yeah, grunge sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice way to, a very eloquent way and polite way to say it. So. Yeah, so I, I think that's why it was like more memorable, or at least it stuck out in people's minds versus, I don't know, the intro to Trigun or whatever anime mm-hmm. was on at the time. But yeah, I mean, so I, I wanted to mention them. Actually, like, tell me why more than the, the other one, Waiting So Long, which I think is also, I mean, pretty mediocre, basically. But yeah, in short, the Heroes of Stuff is really great. Uh Guts is my fav, and uh, Murder would have to be the second one. And also, of course, like Behirit and Earth very much. Behirit is interesting to me because it's so versatile. Because you see it played, you know, literally for the Behirit, obviously. But it is also it's often played in moments of confusion or like slow building excitement, like in Griffith scenes. Yeah. Like it, it sounds very mysterious. Uh, and it's also, what's interesting to me about it is that it's so fast moving. Honestly, what's weird about a lot of the soundtrack is that unlike a score, 
uh, a soundtrack, you know, usually doesn't draw attention to itself. Or sorry, a score yeah. doesn't draw attention to itself. This music draws attention to itself in a way yeah. that's kind of strange, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree. And that's also why it's memorable. I mean, you yeah. listen to Guts. And that's something I, I, I've noted in my notes about this is, like, there's a lot of stuff, like, for example, in the movies, that's not, it doesn't stick to your mind. Even the stuff that's not terrible, it's just, I mean, it's background music, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas this stuff, you can actually listen to it as an album. And I think that's also because Hirazawa was a musician not used to making necessarily uh, a lot of TV stuff at that time. I don't know if he if he do- did the movie, because he also did movie soundtracks. I'm not sure. After, though. This is his first foray into it, I think. Okay, well, that's, uh, then that confirms what I think, which is yeah. he wasn't necessarily super used to doing that stuff, so he made these, like, super tracks. But, yeah, they are very unique, and they, they don't fade in the background. But yep. that's also their strength. And, I mean, when you... Bundle that together with uh, the visual style and budget constraints and every trick they had to use to make that anime. That's also why it stood out at the time, uh, because it, it had all these very unique and that a lot of heart. I wanted to talk about Forces real quick. That To me, that was, I mean, I absolutely loved that song uh, at the time. I so closely associate hearing Forces with how I felt about Berserk when I first heard it, because uh, it really was, I was very passionate about it when I first eventually caught on to why the series was great. The lyrics are something that I don't think I'd seen until probably 10 years plus, at least, after I'd you know first started following Berserk. Because they were in Japanese and they weren't translated until someone on the forum had posted it. But they are very poetic. And, you know, I don't know if most people know this, but like, yes, Suzumu often will use kind of a babble speak, like he makes up the language. Whenever he does commit to doing lyrics, they're fucking poetry. Like, it's mm. just really <laughs> interesting writing. So I'm just going to read a little bit, not the whole thing, of Forces. So... Time assaults us with towering waves. I answer to the fading voices traveling through the night roads. I will never forget about you. On this road of unfulfillment, I will stand alone. Like a wounded bird, I endure the rain with grace. Uh, And that's just the first stanza uh, thing before the (laughs) chorus hits. (laughs) So yeah, uh, he puts a lot of effort into the wording of it. And that's just, of course, that's the English translation. I'm not going to read the Japanese. It wouldn't work on our audience here but yeah i was impressed by the poetry of it as well yeah yeah i mean here as a uh, he did uh famously f- for science for example it's uh it's just some kind of made-up language but uh yeah. yeah he he also does a lot of songs where he sings in japanese and i mean he's he's an artist he's not how to say he's one of these guys from a generation where they really care about their craft uh mm-hmm. not necessarily like commercial success that kind of stuff so, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's also not surprising to me because I already know the guy, but yeah, he, he really put some, some effort into his music. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, I suppose you want to move on to the 99 game? Sure. Sure. I mean, let's maybe say that at least for me and I'm guessing for you as well, the 97, uh, OST is like the gold standard as far as basic music is concerned and everything else is judged by it. I think it's the gold standard for anime soundtracks. I mean, honestly, yeah. For among Berserk, it's easy. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know of any other soundtrack. Well, what about the My Hero Academia season two intro? <laughs> I, I'm yeah. That's a joke because I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't. I, I can't even speak about anime music in general because I I don't watch enough anime or care enough about the music. Uh, yeah, well, that, that's that's kind of my point. Is like it's the one that has stayed with me through the years, and it's never really worn off. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is like we said. It is something you can actually listen to. Yeah. I mean, I, I re, of course I only listen to the tracks I like usually, but uh, yeah, I've been also listening to it for twenty years, and I do often add it to my a Winamp playlist. Yes, I still use Winamp. And Same here. I whenever I add the album, I will just immediately delete Ball Ghosts, uh, sometimes Monster, and Tell Me Why, and all that, just so I can have music to write to which is the reason i use that soundtrack in addition to just it being great it's great to just get in the zone all right so the dc game this is a weird one uh a little weird because yes it's a suzumi hirazawa soundtrack but it's not just suzumi hirazawa anymore uh he worked with a couple different people to do a lot it's really it's a really segmented soundtrack because there are some standouts that suzumi uh, created and there's some that just do kind of what we alluded to earlier serve more as background music to score whatever was happening in the action scenes it's it's actually yeah. all the gameplay segments i would say yeah are these background musicians that necessarily aren't great well and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of those tracks in fact i have all the tracks and it's about a hundred total yeah, I mean, there's a background music stuff that wasn't actually released on CDs that people yeah. just ripped from the game. And then there's the actual soundtrack, uh, which has uh, 13 tracks. And uh, mm-hmm. even among these, I agree that a lot of them feel like video game music and they don't necessarily make for regular listening. I would argue, including some that uh, Hirazawa did himself, that I, I, I don't... I like some tracks that are not from him and I like... Uh, and there's some from him I don't like on that, okay. on that CD. I like maybe one or two non-Hirazawa tracks of the hundred or so that are in there. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't even listen to the like background music stuff for this. Mm-hmm. I, I only listened to the OST, honestly. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about most. That is the soundtrack. If, if you if you want to talk about the soundtrack beyond it, you really have to dig and go into some dark corners online to even hear that stuff, really. So, mm. yeah, Forces 2. I mean, I, I associate this soundtrack with Forces 2 and Indra. Yes, there are others, like... Yeah. Zato 2 is great. I love Zato 2. It's great. But it's really about, to me, it's about forces and Indra. kind of like fold into each other. Indra sounds a little bit like Forces 2. Forces 2 yeah. sounds a little bit like Forces, you know, it's just kind of... I mean... They play yeah, off yeah. of each other. I, I think Indra is basically the end credit version of Forces 2, yeah. uh, which is, you know, I like Boss. Uh, but yeah, it, it is very much a, a remix of it that by, by another name, you know. But mm-hmm. actually... So I do like Forces 2 and Indra, but these are not... I mean... There's one I'm, that might be uh, that I might like better than these. Can you can the, you guess the, which? Easy, the nun. No, no, never. I hate. You don't like the nun's theme? It's great. 
No, no, I don't like it. I'm All right. Uh, Nico? Yeah, I like, yeah, it's Nico. I love okay. Nico. Digging okay. deep into the bench. <laughs> Um, and I also, yeah, I also, I also like, uh, Barzak, which is not from, uh, it's not from here as a way. It's kind of mm. a solemn dirge type song. Uh, but I think it's neat. However, unlike you, I'm not a fan of the Zatu one. Uh, well, it's simple. It's just because it feels like bass music, which it oh, is. Oh, yeah, sure. It is. So, as bass music is great, but when you listen to it, like just listening to it, because it's like that. <laughs> 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 it's, I mean, I mean, I can listen to it for a while, but then it just, I mean, I'm like, oh, come on. Just yeah. Yeah. Sure, enough sure, of sure. this. <laughs> And also, uh, other than that, I mean, Great Tree, uh, Apostle, and Parasite, which is also not from here, as I think are fine. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Sister Story and uh, Adhesion of Blood, I'm not sure that's the proper name for it. But mm. yeah, these are, I don't like very much. Yep. And they're, and they're from here, as I you know. But uh, listening to them outside of the context of the game, eh. Yep, agreed. It's 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 one I often skip. I skip a lot of tracks through this one. It's yeah, one that yeah. I bought at the time. Was very excited to hear it. Was ultimately excited about three or four of the tracks that are on there. Uh, but yeah, it is it is what it is. I think the standouts are Forces and Indra, and then yeah, some high and low points yeah. in the middle there. I'll add Nico to that list, but sure. otherwise I agree. <laughs> sure, I do. You know, the reason I like it is because it feels very eerie. It's got that uh, screeching voice that I don't mm-hmm. know who here as what did it, but uh, I don't know. It feels uh, yeah, I like it. It's sure. very unique. Again, same reason. It's very unique. Uh, next up is the 2004 PS2 game, uh, which is a, really a, a cavalcade of people. That I counted one, two, three, four, four people in addition to the work that Susan Mihirazawa presented. So just like the DC game or the Dreamcast game from 99, this one is a team effort. Uh, I would say even more so <laughs> due to the number of people that contributed. But Suzumu only contributed Sign and Sign 2. Yeah. So much more minimal, kind of just lent his you know name to the front of the box, that kind of effect here where he's, yes, I'm contributing tracks, but the body of the work is not mine, that kind of yeah. thing. That's- he did, uh, he did the, like the, the theme of the game, the most precious thing, and, mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, and the remix for the end credits again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't shocked by it at the time. Yeah, he was already kind of saying, yeah, I'll help you, but I'm not going to do the thing. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it was already with the Dreamcast game. Yeah. So well, it's just kind of that again. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I feel like for the Dreamcast games, the fact Mira was very involved with it mm-hmm. uh, might have also, like, as I was like, sure, okay, I'll, I'll contribute a bunch. Then the PS2 game is like, okay, you know, I'm not going to do that every time. And also... Yep. 
Miriam himself was much more, you know, okay, you guys do your thing and I'll just... He wrote a little story, a real slight story, and that was it. And even then he said, oh, it's just just for fun, basically. Right. Sign, though, I mean, we talked, we've kind of talked down about the soundtrack so far, because I think we, I think we know where the conversation is ultimately headed. But yeah. Sign is a real high point. And in fact, it's probably my favorite uh, Hirazawa Suzumu song of the Berserk stuff that he's done. Damn. Damn! Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 awesome. Uh, I really liked it when it came out. I still like it. It's not my fav. I wouldn't say mm. it's my favorite. I, I, Gods is probably my favorite song of, from Kirazawa's body of work on Berserk. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty great. And I think... Uh, I, what do you think of Sign 2? Because I think it's all right. I think it's very fitting it's as... A, yeah, it's very fitting as an ending credit song. It's clearly remixed to be an end credit thing. Yeah. But uh, I, I, never... I feel like there wasn't nearly as much effort put into Sign 2. Yeah, I, ne- I never listened to it, uh, where Sign is a song you can actually listen to. Yeah, Sign is eminently listenable, and it's powerful. It does the thing that Forces does, It kind of, and I, I really closely associate it with the Berserk PS2 game trailer, which had it in that in it. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of just, I don't know, it has a real powerful feeling to it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very evocative song. Mm. I like it. Yeah, and for, I guess, I'll just give general impressions for the rest which is, I, I, it's better than I'd remembered, basically. Uh, I hadn't listened to these tracks in years and years and years, uh, but actually I find it very competent overall for video game music. Uh, I think they, they feel their roles well as background music, even though you wouldn't necessarily listen to them by themselves. You know, it's a kind of the same thing. It's, but as background music, uh, I thought it was good. Uh, there's no tracks that I felt outright sucked. I mean, there's a few that are less inspired near the end, but overall, it's like, hey, you know, this is pretty good stuff. Wow, you you were much happier with this than I was. Like, so I don't think most of this soundtrack, as you already said, is very memorable. Uh, it's more like, honestly, it's almost more like layered tones than it is actual music. You know, yeah, it's just it's to set the atmosphere of the scene so the dialogue can serve. Yeah. And it's also for combat scenes. It's there to provide like a, a momentum to the action yeah, that they want pep. you to be feeling, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is. Not- it is very much just background music, and yeah. I mean, it should. That's why, uh, in a way, it probably shouldn't even be on a on a CD. You know what I mean? Yeah. But sure. um, like my memories, well, well, that it was really bad, and so listening to it again, I was like, eh, you know, not bad, not so bad. Sure. It's it's very boomy. It's very percussive. Like, it, and there's not very many or any melodies that I could really note. I would say boomy is how I feel about the soundtrack. It's just (laughs) 
The constantly. Yeah, there's a bunch that are like that. I think not all of them. I think you might be a little. But yeah, there's a bunch that are. And then repeat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's honestly, it's probably. It's probably my least favorite of all the Berserk work. If you strip out Sign Damn. and Sign 2, this thing may as well not exist. Damn, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's harsh. Uh, yeah. Unmemorable. Yeah, but that's a, yeah, I agree with that, though. It's a thing is that I, 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 I found it competent, but yeah, unmemorable, definitely. It's like, it's fine background music, but it could be background music for any game. Uh, you wouldn't like if you made me listen to one and said, "Oh, that's the uh, music to God of War 2. I was like, "Oh, really? Oh, I see." Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I did think it was interesting. This is just a small little note uh, that at the time of its release, you could buy the soundtrack digitally from Hirazawa Suzumu's website itself, but Mm-mm. just the sign and sign two tracks. He basically released them on his own. He must yeah. have had his own digital rights management like, Yeah, thing. because, yeah, as far as the 97 OST goes, he doesn't have the rights to this song. And that's why mm. he never releases them as remixes or stuff like that. He has forces, but none of the other. And for mm-hmm. every other song afterwards, he got his own rights so that he can... That's why Sai has been re-released on the his compilation album he did recently. And that's why he could do that. Because he's like, okay, you, you can put my stuff on that uh, CD, but it's my own, like, I got my own rights. It's not yours. Yeah. Otherwise, they would be lost forever, basically. It just, I want to draw attention to the year, though, the 2004. That was very forward thinking yeah. for 2004. Like, uh, just to just set the stage for you, it was 2007, I think, that Radiohead released In Rainbows digitally first. And that like fucking shook the music world. Like, wait, you can't do that. You can't release it digitally first. People need to buy the CD. That that was <laughs> f- like what three years later. So like 2004, nobody was doing this kind of thing. Artists weren't on on mass allowing people to download their music for for a price. And it was like yeah, two dollars or three dollars. I can't remember. He had um yeah he had his own website like the yeah. Tescalite shop thing where he was selling stuff. So yeah, he's been very. I mean, same thing. Electronic music guy doing a lot of experimental stuff. Yeah. He was doing like, you know, the music with the glove, like magic glove thing kind of stuff. So, I mean, not surprising, but yeah, he was very forward looking. On to the 2011, which really spans 11 and 12, the Golden Age movies uh, from yeah. Studio 4C. So, these were a trilogy of soundtracks from Sagisushiro, who I mostly know of his work on Evangelion. But apparently he's done other stuff too. But that's in my head. He's the Evangelion music guy. You didn't know he did that. Yep. The, I'm talking about the '95 one. The movies he might have also done, but I, I don't know. That, I don't know that for sure. I know for sure he was the '95 series. Well, I mean, the, the one thing that sticks out is the intro for Evangelion. That's the mm-hmm. one that fucking slaps. And I'm guessing it's not. It's not. He didn't <laughs> no. do that. He didn't do that one. No. No. Yeah. No. Well, all that's the, the, that's the only the thing. Like, if he had done that one, I'd be like, oh, hell, fucking yeah. But uh, no, he did not. So, yeah. (laughs) These movies really put a unique stamp on what it means to sound like Berserk. Because this was a real pivot point. I remember we were talking about this when this podcast first started. Well, at the time, I don't think we'd even heard anything yet. We'd just seen the trailers. They'd release a 10-minute clip. And we were all talking about, like, what is Berserk supposed to sound like? Like, post-Suzumu Hirazawa, because we knew he was not going to be associated with this movie other than... Yeah. It doesn't have an intro, right? It's got an intro. Aria. Yeah. yeah, he's got Aria, which is, I think, is a really great theme song. 
-hmm. it's very and props to Hirazawa for like getting the job done. He did a, a theme song for a movie. Like that was a job and he really delivered on that. And I think that song, like it is a theme song for a movie. You listen to it, you're like, oh, that's, that must be a theme song for a movie. And yeah. I think he really delivered and it's a great song. I wish I had talked about this more earlier, but you know, he does this with Sign and Forces too and Indra, where he sets kind of an interesting melody or a beat and then he'll breezily do it once or twice. and But towards the end, there's this crescendo where he'll come back to the main chorus kind of part, but then just blow it up to 11 and like just hammer it really yeah. hard. He does that with Sign, Indra, Forces 2. He does it with Aria as well. And there's just this really magical moment where it all swells and it's just gorgeous. That's my favorite part of Aria. It's like, I don't know, three minutes in. Right as the song's building to the end, it's it's great. Yeah, I agree. So, other than the Hirazawa contribution, which is great, these movies were sounded very different. I mean, they use an actual series of different orchestras to make this music. So, it sounds like a more authentic, big-budget Hollywood movie, which I imagine was probably the point. They wanted it to sound big-budget. Mm. Uh, used real instrumentation, you know, voices yeah. and and chants and, and Latin and it's also, I mean, it's also, I believe something I said at the time when we were discussing it is like, because people were like, oh, here is always the only music that can ever mm -hmm. be fit for Berserk. And I was like, you know, that's not, that's not true. Uh, and, and so people are like, yeah, what are the alternatives? And so there's, of course, all those people who are like, yeah, it's got to be heavy metal, man. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that is where we ended up. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is not, not, uh, what, I, I mean, I don't agree with that. And I don't think that really fits, uh, with the series, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, the other thing is like doing yeah, a bigger orchestral thing and go, going the grand fantasy land stuff. And honestly, I feel like, there is still potential there, and there is there's an avenue to to explore. But I don't think uh, Sagisu delivered uh, <laughs> very mm -hmm. simply. Uh, I think uh, I mean we'll talk about it, but I think overall is pretty mediocre. I do want to give him props because this is quite a production. This is yeah. I'm imagining it was pretty expensive. So yeah. they they used. The Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra, the Warsaw National Philharmonic Symphony Orchestra, the London Studio Orchestra. It was mixed in three different countries. These are all in the liner notes for the albums. So that alone means this is a multi-thousand dollar production. It's yeah. not Hirozawa Suzumu doing it on his own, editing it on his own tracks in his own studio and releasing it. This is hundreds of probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of effort to yeah. make the soundtrack so and it sounds expensive it doesn't sound good or, or memorable <laughs> but they really took a big swing here yeah and so credit where credit's due they really tried something different if you know what i mean different for berserk pretty traditional for this kind of movie i would yeah. go guess well I agree, and but then again, I also think, strangely enough, I feel like he did a lot of unconventional stuff as well. Uh, like there's a lot of uh, choirs, for example. There's a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that's a bit, a bit deviant. And I, 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 you know, I've wondered. I mean, people make fun of Hans Zimmer nowadays. 
It's like, oh, it's just a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. And yeah, sure, I mean, sure. But like even among the run-of-the-mill soundtracks you can get for like big epic movies, you know, Hans Zimmer is still pretty good. Even, yeah, even he made memorable his, work, even if it is kind of like same tone yeah. cut from the same cloth, you know? Yeah, even even in his like uh, lesser works, it's still, you know, it's still something. And and I feel like Sagisu, yeah, it's kind of a step down where he tried some stuff and it's not that good. And I mean, I said it's mediocre earlier. I, I mean, I guess I might nuance that a bit. I feel there's a lot of competently executed stuff in there. Uh, some of the tracks are very cinematic. Some feel like they'd make great video game music, um, and, but some feel like he's trying to impress someone, basically. I do think it tends to be like too busy and involved for its own sake a lot of the time. Uh, I mentioned choirs. I feel like there's often choirs thrown in that I don't think help the tracks. Particularly because they're speaking just bad English phrases. Just oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, the, the English stuff is, I think, is the worst and... Like, typically, uh, there's a flamenco version of Blood and Guts on the mm-hmm. second soundtrack. It is a lot more palatable to me than yeah, the it's great. original. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, so overall, I feel it's very hit and miss. Uh, it's kind of messy uh, and... Somehow, I've always felt that with proper arrangement and direction, it could have resulted in a pretty good OST for the movies, but I don't know, it's hard to say. What's just sad to me is that on top of everything else, I don't think it was well used uh, in the actual movies, like by the director. I feel like the, the song placements for set of scene is just like not well chosen. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of a missed opportunity to me overall, this, uh, these movies. Yeah, you'd like to think if they're going to do something new for Berserk and they're going to invest a lot of money in it, that it would come across as very memorable. But I don't think very many songs on here, tracks on here, are memorable. It does often play like a score. And when I say a score, I really mean the music that accompanies a scene more than standout tracks. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That often is the problem I have when I I recently listened through all three CDs worth, uh, was that some of them just clearly were meant to go with dialogue and not be listened to again, uh, which that's the job, right? The job is to lend atmosphere and feeling to a scene. Uh, I will just say the 97 series is eminently listenable. I've been listening to that for 20 years, no problem. It's really hard to get through some of these tracks. So that colors my perception of this whole thing. Uh, But Azil, you had the most recent experience of this because you recently watched through the Memorial Edition, which I did not do. So you got to get like a double dose of this music. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not um, kind of the same thing as with the PS2 game. It was less bad than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do feel still that there's some, like in the actual movies, some of the choices made with what music to use where is just, I mean, it's a bit it's puzzling to me. Some I think are fine. A lot I think are kind of icky and um, mostly unmemorable. I mean, I wrote down some I like. Yeah, same. Like there's Delian Solide, L'Amour Impitoyable, Avant la Tempête. These I, I thought were pretty, I mean, pretty good. Yeah, Avant la Tempête, for example, it sounds like an RPG track to me. It's just... 
Hmm. It's like something you could find in like uh, Triangle Strategy. Same with uh, Wrath of God 2, which is it's funny, by the way. <laughs> Wrath of the God first, 2. The first, the first track of the first CD is The Wrath of God Part 2. I mean, part two. <laughs> well, what happened to part one? Yeah, I mean, it just rename it or something. Like, it's not like these are set in stone, you know? You're not is like... This, is this like when you save a document and you call it final? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty final much. Final two. Anyway, anyway, that one is like, uh, it's like boss music for an RPG as well. I mean, if you listen to it, really diverse from the context of the movies, these are like, hey, you know, that makes some, some fine... Uh, some fine game music and the stuff like Semper Invicta, I thought was fine as a choir based uh, track that's not too corny. Uh... <laughs> these I thought were, these I thought were like, we're, we're good. Yeah, I like Totenkopf as well. For yeah. what it's worth, that's the that's the song that plays when Skull Knight first appears in the third movie. Yeah. The biggest problem I have with this, other than the tracks that aren't memorable, the ones that stick out, like they got the atmosphere of this whole soundtrack. Like I call the PS2 one boomy. Like that's the the feeling of that whole soundtrack to me is boomy. This is like always be crescendoing. It is a oh, constant yeah. crescendos. Every not every track, but the the overall impression is every moment must come to a big crescendo real quick and then keep hammering that crescendo oh. over and over. Just so much of that. Um now that works for movie two or soundtrack two, because that's all about doldry. It's a big, long action sequence. I mm. totally understand why there are so many. It's just a crescendo is a card you play when you want to capitalize on the yeah. tension you've been building. It's not You're something building you to keep. something. <laughs> totally. You keep. You can't keep crescendoing. You can't keep, 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 keep on hitting that same button. You know, it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. So yeah. I, ironically, I found myself when I was listening to it, the most listenable song in this whole thing. And I feel stupid myself, guys. The standout track for me is My Brother, which is not even one I really like. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, and it's it's so awful because of the lyrics. My brother. Yeah, the brother. The 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 lyrics completely derail this whole stupid track it's about as cheesy as it gets uh if they just shut up it'd probably be pretty cool pretty dramatic yeah uh, or singing latin or something you can kind of squint your ears and kind of hear how it would sound and i actually kind of like it no actually i'll i'll tell you some of the lyrics i pulled some for this uh are you ready uh no my brother come join me in battle we are stronger when tudor will falter sacrificed to their altar it doesn't my even brother, make sense. My brother, come join me. In battle, we are strong. Oh, I said this. Oh, my brother, with your courage, we can conquer. If in your sword, I put my trust that you will honor. I will be the higher ground. I've got the high ground. Should you concede it. 
and my body be your shield if you should need it. It's just really, why are you even bothering with this? What are you doing? Yeah, it's very, it's like generic uh, mm-hmm. action movie thing. It's, now imagine I mean, I'm singing that at the top of my lungs over an orchestra. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, what's sad is asking professional orchestra people <laughs> to do this stuff. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's, that one, there's a, the sound of tortured souls, which is fucking awful as well. I mean, I, I really like the, the lyrics really kill these. And of course, the most famous one is Blood and Guts. And oh, sure. Blood and Guts. Yes. And s- suddenly, uh, I feel like a lot of newer fans or people who discover a series of movies are really in love with that song that really yeah. resonates with them. I guess it means that Sagisu did nail something if people will relate to it. But uh, to me, it's pretty, how to say, cringy, basically. It's, it is ham-fistedly trying to capture a feeling of berserk, yeah. but it's like a, a tiny facet uh, of the series. Yeah. I would not associate Berserk with Blood and Guts. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more happening. The song Blood and Guts, because they, they, they do this this reprisal of yeah. the song whenever they do the 100 band fight. It's this Spanish guitar, flamenco guitar. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I like also, that one, yeah. You'll note that it has no lyrics and that the yeah. melody carries yeah, it. Yeah, 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 cool, yeah. Right? I just think it's funny that that track, I think they are clearly trying to associate with Guts theme. Like, this is the sound of Guts when he's on screen. Kind of yeah. like, you know, his theme song, even though it's not billed as that. It's just funny that the song is called Blood and Guts and the lyrics are, robbed of a mother's love at birth, left to drown in blood, he was to die beneath her corpse, meant to rot in a cisped of despair, born to die as a waste of air. And it's just like so heavy and like bludgeoningly yeah. bad. That's this movie production's theme of Guts. And... Then you compare it to what the Guts theme was in the 97 series, which is this like, it's, it's, it's kind of light. It's kind of airy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, it, it's a hint of the depth of the character. Yeah. In a totally different dimension from what they did with the the movies. You know what I mean? Like it's, they missed the point of the character, I think, in trying to encapsulate that feeling. And to me, that carries over the entire movie production soundtrack uh, as, as a part of that as well. No moment in those movies really felt authentic to me. Like they weren't authentically portraying what it feels like to read Berserk. Yeah. It felt off. And the soundtrack likewise feels off in capturing Berserk. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I agree completely in that it it is like when I think of Black Guys beyond the lyrics, the stupid lyrics, my problem with it is that it's very somber. It's very mm-hmm. like uh, dreary, and and that's not what guts is about. I mean, guts is a guy. It's something I have to remind people sometimes. Guts is a guy that manages to win to get out of trouble yeah. despite overwhelming odds, but he still manages to get out of trouble. He still finds a way to 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 win over his adversaries. So he's not a tragic character. Okay, he doesn't he doesn't lose in the end. Uh, he's he's pretty cool. He's victorious. He's not this guy that's like, Ooh, and he's not also not crying over himself. I mean, well, he is currently. Well, yeah, with, with the exception of the continuation, but yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. Like you listen to that stuff, is it evocative of Berserk as a series? Not to me. Not really. Yeah, that's the that's the fundamental problem I have with the whole production. Music yeah. is, is, is a part of it. It's just, 
handcuffed to it, which is yeah. they just tonally don't capture the feeling of Berserk, which is a bummer. Yeah. Um, I In terms of the selection of music, the one that stands out the most is like dissonant to me is the one they played for the rape scene in movie three. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Apparently, I did look it up. It's a it's a Beethoven selection from like some piano symphony that yeah 20, he piano number twenty three I think it is. I think he reprised it and and blasted some shit over it, which is yeah. such a baffling choice. It's so weird. I I, I want to just talk to the person that selected that one because it has kind of like this spine tingly effect to it, and it it feels. Almost a little bit celebratory in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This weird kind of thing. I don't know what, I don't know what feeling they were trying to evoke, but it's really dissonant from what's happening on the screen. Yeah, there is a, I I think it's a case of uh, not getting the effect right. They were probably trying to do some things that's like very, like a great shock, you know, something that's like blaming into your face. Mm -hmm. But uh, it ends up sounding, yeah, like you said, a bit celebratory, which is really like, Absolutely, the worst thing you want to do for that scene. Mm-hmm. So it it is really dissonant, and I like when I watched the memory edition as the same reaction as the first time. It's like, who who the fuck thought this was a good idea? It's it's so bad. I mean, the, the scene is really badly depicted to begin with, but yeah, the music does not help at all. Yeah. Oh well, uh, I guess that's the last we hear of that music. Oh wait, yeah. it's not because they <laughs> remixed it for the 2016 and they added some crunchy you know, guitars to it as we, well. We skipped over something that I want to mention real quick: is that sure. the, the ending theme for the first movie was done by a, an artist called I. It's oh yeah, Utsukushi Kimono. I think it's a great ending song for that. Really like that song actually. One of the first thing we heard when they announced the project, I still like it a lot. And I re- re-listened to it again. I was like, you know what? Love it. Great. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a great ending song. Peaceful song. I think it's a strange selection for Berserk, I think. Particularly where movie one ends, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's credits rolling music is what it is. Yeah. You know? And, it, and it's so, I mean, it gets really like vibrant uh, near the middle end. And mm. I feel like this could be used, I don't know. At some moment where everything's going well, they're all hopeful, something like if you did it after the victory at Daldry, you know, and you end on that, could be great. Or mm-hmm. I, don't know, I feel like it could be used at some point where it makes sense. In any case, I like it a lot and uh, it's kind of forgotten. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. It just kind of gets steamrolled with all the other, yeah. you know, music selections in that. Uh, oh, yeah. Movies, Wait. Movie, movies. Yeah, I also made a note about the third movie's OST because it has, it's got more solos and, uh, I mean, instruments and orchestral stuff with the choirs. But, and there's one thing, uh, called Chambre, uh, 1147. Which at one point reminded me of the Haunted Mansion theme from Super <laughs> Mario World. 
so I just wanted because I was like, damn, it really reminds me of that. Sure. I feel like in a lot of like uh, the second and third CDs, there's, there's tracks that aren't actually used in the movies. Probably, I, uh, you I would know that more than I did. Yeah, I haven't checked, but because because it was supposed to be one movie and then was split in three, I'm kind of curious about the behind the scenes stuff for this. Honestly, it could also just be a symptomatic thing of a lot of the music is forgettable and you couldn't place where it happens in the animation because yeah. it was forgettable. You know? Yeah, yeah, for real. And yeah, especially since a bunch of these end up feeling very noisy. I mean, yeah, man, we were. Zeal and I were chatting back and forth as we were kind of doing our homework for this, and like I was expressing such pain at certain <laughs> tracks. They were just so, yeah. so painful to get through, literally the, painful. There's one called Soulagement, which in French means relief, and it's just such a fucking grilling to get through. <laughs> Oh my god, it's like... It's like violin practice. Yeah, so they're massacring these instruments. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma's uh, out to you know, snipe them off. <laughs> and that's probably what the music... They were probably playing it as intended. It just sounds really yeah, screechy. It's just, and... I mean, when you when you go and record with a philharmonic orchestra, I mean, these guys know what they're doing. It's the composers that's a problem, yep. honestly. Uh, let's see. Moving on. I actually don't, I did not write anything about the 2016 series. What I do remember is that opening, opening song, uh, I liked more than I probably thought I should have. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just generic kind of J rock. Uh, but it, it's not bad. What's it called? 99 Parabellum is the band. It's Inferno. Inferno is the, the yeah. track. Yeah. I, I like that sound. Same. I, I mean, I think it slaps. It could yeah. be literally any fighting anime's opening. Totally. But it gets a job done. So, I mean, well done to those guys. It is the anti-tell-me-why in that it is not super special, but it's, it gets your blood pumping. It's pretty badass. It's cool. It's short. Uh, I mean, it's perfect for what it's meant to be. Uh, I like it. And there was a second opening, apparently, for the second half of that season. And um, Oh, yeah. Cool, cool that's good. Yeah, called Sacrifice, and it is less memorable, so, eh. I forgot about that. That'll switch over a season two. There's also, I also listened to the ending credits. Uh, I forgot the title. By some <laughs> Japanese woman called Nagi uh, Yanagi. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's fine for what it is. Uh, same thing, it's a fine. It's an it's ending credits, fine for ending credits, so, yeah. And, of course, I mean, other than that, uh, I think that one's the one where Hayo was introduced, right? Unfortunately, it was. Yeah. And I mean, Hayo is great. Hayo's great. Usage of Hayo is suspect to bad. <laughs> uh, the way they use it, I've said this so much times. It's like when Kramer burst into Jerry's apartment. <laughs> you know, imagine Hayo was played at similar moments in the series where guts burst on the scene and you hear Hayo 
Hole, which is the first part of that Susan track. It's just that they use that so often and so regularly, it becomes a punchline. Like, uh. you, something happens and you just hear hi-yo, and you're like, okay, here comes Guts, and then Guts appears. It's like, okay, guys, you did it already. You did this too many times. Yeah, I think it's a case of, like, the director not knowing how to properly use it, because mm-hmm. thinking back to the 97 anime, they use forces for the preview of the next episode. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a case where it's always plays at the same time. It's once per episode. And then it's, it's, that way you hear it often, but it's also not too often. So it's just perfect. But uh, I, I have the benefit since I only ever watched the first episode of that one. Oh, God. I, 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 so. I listen... I listened to it completely di- divorced from the uh, the series. So to me, I just wrote, well, Hayo is great. and Hayo's to me, good. To me, it's a case of he's done it again. It's like... Could Hirazawa ever do a song as good as Forces for a better anime? Well, yeah, he just did. It's called Hayo. I don't think Hayo's quite as good as Forces. Ah, I think I like it's. It. I think it's fine. It's, it's kind of middle of the road for me among the standout Hirazawa oh, tracks. It's not, it's not bad. It's just. Fine. You like it? You like it better? Uh, you like Ashcrow better? No, I don't like Ashcrow better. Ashcrow's oh. too boring for me. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll listen to the rest, and I'll, I'll oh, walk you through it quickly. I think uh, Beyond Drone is all right, if unmemorable. Uh, appearing to Darkness, Blind Chip How do you gathering. know these? No one's going to know what these are. I, Which, yeah, you well, can do I just, a little I just wrote the, I, I mean, I just wrote the stuff, and I think those are all right. And I think the rest, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's awful. Uh, with violins, there's one with violins that's fucking awful. It's called Crumbling Idefix. It's mi- mixing English and French. That one I wrote down because fucking awful. Uh, and there's one with Isidro that's fucking 19th dance music. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What? Like, what the fucking is It's like, it's, so it's basically my brother, but it's like the club mix from DJ Sagisu. <laughs> it, is, it is fucking insane. And I'm like, w- when did they... And I'm thinking, it's just my thought, I'm thinking they must have played this during the orgy scene. Because, oh. you know, it's like, hey, it's a party, right? So let's let's do like some kind of, you know, old-timey disco scene. So, wow. I don't know, it's just... Uh, so overall, felt very unmemorable to me. Uh, a bunch of the tracks are all right, but feel very generic. Uh, there's one called Desert Echoes. Another epic word and ghastly winds. These feel like like demo tracks you use for movie trailers, you know? Very, very generic. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and there's those that are fucking awful. And I was like, geez, what, what the fuck? Yeah, it's... Uh, they went... There's a couple metal tracks in there as well, which is a departure from anything they'd done previously. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a... Um, what's it called? Black Souls Man Unleashed. It, mm-hmm. it is so mediocre. It-
I mean, do a, a real middle track if you're going to do a middle track, you know? But this one. I think they tried. Was, I think this is it. Well, it's really bad. I mean, I'm yeah, not I, a huge male fan, but even I have standards, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, this, this sucks. <laughs> and again, like, my perception of the soundtrack is, is closely tied to me watching the that season those seasons and yeah. it's not a, not a great not a great feeling yeah, overall sure. from there so it's 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 colored by that but it's not not it's not great that's why i didn't even make any notes on it because it's that's how much i feel about the that series yeah so. i mean it, to, to be clear i will never listen to any of these songs again unless i really have to it's, mm-hmm. it's there's nothing noteworthy about them it's really just you know feeling of a gap in some yep. place Finally, uh, there is uh, boy. You know what? On live live air here. It's not live. It's a podcast. I'm just going to look up when did this CD come out? Ash Crow come out? I feel like 2019 is too late. I feel like it came out earlier than that. Mm-mm, I think it's 2020. Really? Wow. Uh, you're you're correct though. It's September 2016. Ah. <laughs> uh- <laughs> It's yeah, what I read. It's what I written down. I thought it was so much. I thought it was much later. So, first of all, um, the timing of this thing coming out is the first season of the 2016 anime had already been released, uh, but they had not officially released the the Heroes All Susumu stuff, which is Hayo and Ashkro, uh, things that we wouldn't hear until you know a little bit later. Anyway, point being, this was heavily people were waiting for this. Where's the release? Where's the release? And when it was announced that it was going to be not just Hayo and Ashkro, but all this other older Berserk material too, it's like, oh, wow, holy shit. It's like a greatest hits CD. It's like a greatest hits of Suzumi Hirozawa's Berserk mm. stuff. Um, well, except it's missing the 97 OST stuff. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is it's his vocal stuff, the stuff yeah. that he has contributed vocals to, the standout tracks of each little iteration. So it has mm. Hayo. Uh, a Forces 2016 remake or remix? It's not not great. Uh, Aria, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, that's fine. Aria from the movies, Forces Two from the Dreamcast game, Zotto Two from Dreamcast. You know, it's for this Forces 2? Yeah, it's got Forces 2. Yeah, looking at it okay. right now. Uh, Ashcrow Sign, Sign 3, a new sign remix. <laughs> and then we got karaoke versions of Aria, Hayo, and Ashcrow. So oh, I remember this two. coming out. And the the main reason I'm adding it here as its own thing um, is because it was it felt like a victory lap kind of thing. Like it was just really refreshing to go back to some of these old things and, and hear modern mixes of, you know, what should forces sound like now, now that I have a chance to touch it again? You know, the mm. same thing for Sign. You know, it was really, I thought it was fun and neat to, to hear what he would do with these older songs uh, now. I thought it was cool. Yeah, It would be the best basic music thing if it had the, the greatest hits from the 97 uh, OST. Yeah. But because he doesn't have the rights, he can't do it. Otherwise, it'd be the perfect compilation for, for me. I do, like I mentioned earlier, I do like uh, high Hyrule. Quite a bit, so I, I I do think it's a it's pretty good. I mean, you, we can argue it's the same or not as forces, but I think it's pretty good. I also like the forces uh, remix. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I I never liked the other stuff like the golden mix and all that stuff. I thought it was pretty bad, but that one I, I, I like. I like. I think people liked it because it's a novelty. It's like, oh, what a weird thing. Uh, 
You know, it's not yeah. necessarily great, but it's interesting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Ash Crow is fine. Uh, I also think it's uh, it's pretty good for what it is. Nice. Yeah. It's weird that they only play that once in the whole series that I know about. I remember, and it's the um, episode 176 content where they're leaving uh, Albion, that whole well, sequence. I mean, all the more reason for Hirata to release it on his own city because otherwise... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Indra remakes, uh, I like it a lot. Uh, I like it better than Indra and probably better than Forces 2. So that was was a big uh, highlight for me. Scientra, I am not a fan. I don't like it very much. I don't even remember it. Uh, it's yeah, I mean, it's like Sign Two is just you know, Sign is fine. Sign is mm-hmm. awesome. These yeah. are just unneeded. Um, and there's also one thing he added that's like uh, it translates to large group of thistle seeds or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's it's fine, I guess. I, I I've always been curious what he's doing there. Uh, wonder if it might have been done for the movies, but wasn't picked up or something. I think it's fine, but I don't know why it's there. Basically, um, yeah. Um, so that's it. And speaking of the memorial editions, there were. Um, I mean, Hirazawa did a, a special song for that as well, called "The Expedition." I don't know if you've listened to it. Yeah, I bought it on Bandcamp the second Oh, yeah, you said right. It was we talk- I, I even told you about it. I'm stupid. I, I listened to it once and it floated in one ear and out the other. It did not stay with me. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I, I was not yeah. wowed by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's got very different vibes. And mm-hmm. when I first heard it, I was not impressed. It felt a bit strange. But then knowing it's dedicated to Mura's memory gives it a, a different dimension. And so listening to it again with that in mind, I was like, okay, I can understand. Mm. I can understand what, what he went for with that. Uh, I do think he does some lyric work on it. That's a little, maybe he's pushing himself too far or something. Uh, mm. A you mean bit. the vocal range, you mean, or yeah. the lyrics themselves? No, 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 the vocal range. He does okay. some something with his voice at some point that's just... Got it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, overall, still, I do feel it's nice. I've listened to it a couple of times today. I was like, you know what? I like it. Cool. And there's maybe also... There's also a theme, like the end theme, that was done by Mika Nakashima for the Memorial Edition. It's called Wish. Hmm. Um, I also think it's a great ending theme. I mean, I know I've been saying the same thing for all ending themes pretty much, but I think it's worth mentioning. It's, uh, she composed the song herself. She inspired herself from the feelings around Mira's passing. 
And yeah, we listened to it three really felt, so I felt like that was proper, you know, appropriate for what its role is within that stuff at the end credit song and also for Berserk in general. Oh, I like it. Yeah. That's it. That's the end. There's not been, other than a Memorial Edition, that was last year, right? Not a whole ton of new hmm. um, you know, music to discuss since then at all. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the end of the road. Uh, I will say there was another ch- ch- opportunity for where we discussed the Berserk music and what should Berserk music be? I kind of mentioned it at the start of the show. It's episode five of the standard podcast. If you want to go check that out, we invited Nomad on a member of the forum to talk about Berserk's music. And he had, I remember he had a lot of cool things to say, things I'd not thought about. Um, I wish I'd kind of quoted them here, but you can go back and listen to episode five. That's one of my favorite episodes anyway. So early going, you should check it out. I just realized we didn't even think about the Musou music. Nope. Yeah, I didn't, I don't, I don't even know who'd made it. I didn't play the game, so I even don't know what the music's like. I have played the game. I don't remember a single track from that game. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about it. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about the music. I'm going to guess it's super generic and therefore yes. not worth mentioning. That's my review is that I don't remember it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's weighing in with a solid one or two out of ten. Yeah. But- Thanks for listening, and uh, if you have not checked out our forum, we are over at skullknight.net slash forum, and you can check out our main podcast at the skulk, at skullcast.com. Uh, and yeah, if you want to listen to more, check out that. I would say that's definitely the place you should start if you don't know we had a podcast. And we'll be back in a month for another mini-podcast. Yeah, bye-bye.